So hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Christina Talks podcast. Now, I have a guest with me today that um, normally I would do some sort of rambling introduction and give you some little hints and tips and a bit of an idea of what the conversation will be about. But this guy, there's, I know him for so many things, I don't know where to start. So let me get the wonderful Doug Bennett to introduce himself. And um, yeah, Doug, like, so just tell us the things that you're known for and what's the thing right now you're most excited about. And let's get into that. Okay. Right. So Doug Bennett. So I, I've been a financial advisor for over 30 years. Um, I was on the edge of bankruptcy in 2010, which is not great for a financial advisor, to be fair. You should be able to manage your finances, but we got hit by the global financial crisis. Um, so I was on the edge of bankruptcy. Um, I created some goals back then. And then in 2019, I managed to sell my business for seven figures. So in less than 10 years, that's a bit of a turnaround, which is happy days. So as a consequence of that, I thought, well, I've sold a big chunk of my business. I'll, I need to fill my time with something. So I wrote a book, Goals Do Come True. And then I thought, do you know what? There's so many lessons I've learned in that journey over that 10-year period. I'll create a podcast as well. So uh, I've got the Goals Do Come True podcast. So I'm a financial advisor, uh, I'm an author, a podcaster. I also have a business that does wills and trusts. I'm chair of a board of trustees for a small charity. I ride a Harley Davidson. I've just bought a new one, which is the thing I'm most excited about because I've just bought a new Harley Davidson. So, you know, I mean, it's not work-related, but hey, you know. And also I'm married and I've got two kids. So I've got a very understanding wife because all of that other stuff takes up all of my time and she's really, really cool about it. And um, it's not just one book, is there? No, there isn't. Um, the Goals Do Come True, which was the first book, that was I, I wrote that for predominantly my industry, for financial advisors. And so there's a lot of reference to the Million Dollar Roundtable, which is a club that if you join, you're in the top 5% of financial advisors globally. So I've been a member of that for a, for a number of years. Um, and then I thought, well, actually, you know, I need to lose all of the stuff that's related to financial advice because people really, if they're outside of the industry, don't really want to hear about it. And so I rewrote it and it's now uh, the new iteration is called Think Simple, Win Big, How to Build the Business of Your Dreams with a Few Simple Goals. So that's the new book. And that's really for entrepreneurs either ones that are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and they actually need the lowdown on what they're letting themselves in for. Because as you and I know, it you know, you start in a job and then all of a sudden somebody says, what, do you fancy taking this over? And you go, oh, yeah, I can manage that. And you do it <laughs> and you're laughing and you know what comes next. It's like, oh, what? I've got to do payroll. I've got to do marketing. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to keep the staff happy. I've got to, I've got to pay tax. You know, all this money that I'm earning, I've got to pay tax on it. And, you know, so, so it's really a heads up thing for entrepreneurs. And also if you're, if you're feeling a little bit down about your business, it's a good read to remind yourself of the things that you should be doing and try and get yourself back on track. 
So um, yeah, so that's that that came out just before Christmas. So thanks, thanks for allowing me to plug without plugging. <laughs> always, always. I'm a marketer at heart, right? <laughs> so I've got I've got to get the little seed in there somehow. Um, so the reason I was laughing is that, that, you know, that's exactly what happened to me. Julia, the previous business, the, the founder of the business, we were literally walking the building, you know, take a break from your desk and walk the building. And we were talking about she'd exited a business previously and, you know, what would happen with Green Umbrella when the time came for her? Like, how did she see that panning out? She just sort of said, well, you know, I'd like to do a management buyout. Do you, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Not realizing that the next question would be, is that something? Thing you'd be interested in, Christina. And of course, you're talking to your boss, and you know, no one tells like you never say your, your baby's ugly, do you? No, so, no, no, so no. In that situation, there is only one answer, which is yes, of course, I'd want to buy your business. And in my head, I'm thinking, are you nuts? Like, what is wrong with you? And it's you know, another couple of years later, I end up making the decision, getting in the right place to buy the business. And it's such a bizarre journey that I've been on that's taken me to where I am today. But it is all about goal setting. Absolutely. And I think when I started that, I didn't realise I was actually setting goals. Yes, there is a structure to goal setting, which if you can get it nailed, makes it one of the simplest things in the whole wide world to turn your life around. So what is the structure? Well, first off, what's your structure? My structure, yes. Well, look, in my podcast, I interview lots of people and get their different takes on it. So, you know, there's lots of, so I've been molded a little bit. So I I was very much a traditionalist on the SMART goals, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and trackable, which is what SMART stands for. And if goals don't fit that acronym, really, you know, they're not going to excite you. They're not going to drive you forward. But so, so what is it? I mean, the other thing is, of course, is people set goals that are far too big right at the outset. You like to have big, hairy, audacious goals. And we want to have a big, hairy, audacious goal. And a bit, that is like something that you could only dream of. And if that happened, something like, you know, I'm working for a firm and then now I'm the owner of the firm. I mean, that's a big, hairy, audacious goal, which you've achieved. Right. And, and, and it's happened for you. And, you know, there's been a lot of work involved, but there's lots of little steps that you've done along the way to achieve that big, hairy, audacious goal. And it's your subconscious that helps you towards it. So when you're writing out a goal, and this is a very, very critical thing, you need to write your goals out. You need to write them down. You can't just have them in your head and think it's going to do anything for you. You have to physically write them down. And I recommend writing them down, writing down the same goals day after day. Just write 10 goals down one day. Right? Just sit somewhere quiet, write down your 10 goals. Following day, write down the 10 goals again, but don't refer to the page before from the day before. And then do it again and do it again and do it again. In two or three weeks, you'll probably get bored after 10 days, to be fair. right? Everybody does. Okay, But if you can be consistent. But what happens is the goals that you write down, you, you, there'll be one day where the goal is important and the following day it's not important. 
Okay. But the really, really important goals, they're like cream. They will rise to the top of the list. And you'll find by the end of 10, 15, 21 days, you'll be writing the same three or four really seriously important goals, which are your essence, what you need, what, what is important to you. Um, and so I started, I started this out in 2004, right? I started writing these goals out in 2004 and, um, I'm, and I've got this little notebook and I've written it down. And of course, this is an audio, so nobody can see that, but I'm showing Christina just in case it goes on video at some stage, but I wrote these goals down and the first one on the list is I earn a hundred thousand pounds per annum. Okay, now at the point that I was writing the goals down, I was earning about 50,000. So I just doubled, right? But you can't go from I earn 20,000, which is what you're currently earning, to I earn a million pounds because your subconscious is just going to go, don't be daft, right? It's not possible. So you have to be realistic. And that's where part of the SMART acronym comes in. So it's got to be realistic. And it's got to be trackable. So there's got to be an end date to it so that you know that actually you can see when you've earned it. You know, if you're earning £100,000 per annum and your tax year is March to you know, April to March, for example, you've got that time frame. So you know if you've hit 100000 in that time frame. So that's what I did. But I wrote those goals out in 2004 and I did it for a few days probably three weeks in the end, and the book got tucked away in the drawer. And I found it again six or seven years later, and I'd completed 10 out of 11 of the goals that I'd written down, even though I was no longer referring to them on a regular basis. And I only know that it was in 2004 because one of the goals was I have completed the London Marathon, which I did in 2005. Now, when I started off on that goal, I could run about 100 yards and then I would throw up, right? Okay, and we've all been there. We know. So, but 18 months later, with the right support and the right focus and motivation, I ran in the London Marathon. And I'm not going to say I ran the London Marathon because that's continuously running for 26.2 miles. I ran in it and I've got the medal, so that counts as far as I'm concerned. So there's a little bit of a story there, but that's what I did. But I found the book and I was going through a really, really tough time where I was like, you know, on the edge of bankruptcy. And I found the book again and I thought, well, you know, it's worked. I better start writing some bigger ones. So I did. And I can share more on that if you would like. But um... yeah, because you know, it, it, there's this. So here's the thing: like, it's really easy to write a small goal. I'm going to drink eight glasses of water a day, you know, whatever it's going to be. Okay. Um, but when you get that, but when you get that big, hairy, impossible feeling goal, audacious to use your language, um, mm. once you've achieved that it's really hard to come up with something that's that big again. Yes, it is. But you've also learned that you can actually achieve anything. Because if we go back eight or nine years and said, Christina, you know, in 10 years time, 
you're going to have a really successful marketing business employing eight to 10 people. And you know, all the hard work that you're doing now, somebody else is going to be doing that for you and you're going to be paid. You wouldn't believe that would ever be possible. Okay. At that point, you weren't ready for that level of goal. But now I have no doubt you're going to get through this. You've got, you know, your new team coming in, new team members, you're going to get them all settled. And then there will be something, something will trigger you and you'll go, oh, do you know what? That's where I'm going next. It will come. You're just going through a little stage at this moment in time where it's like, well, I've achieved this and I've got this going on. And it's like, it just needs to settle. Your brain needs to calm down a little bit. You just go, right, okay. And then things will start coming back in and you go, oh, I can do that. It's like, oh, I could spend some time working with a charity or, you know, I could create my own charity or, you know, there's all manner of things. And these will be big things. And because you've achieved it once already, you'll be able to do it again. Absolutely. Do you think that goals are like the big goals are often there's some trigger, there's some moment in time that just creates something that where your brain goes, I deserve something bigger or the possibilities are out out there. Is like, is there always a big event or? I don't necessarily know that there has to be a big event. I mean, it doesn't have to be big. I mean, yeah, I, I was on the edge of, you know, bankruptcy. That's a big event. And I was just like, but I didn't know how big an event it was. It was just, I knew I was floundering in debt and how was I going to get the mortgage paid this month? And that. so I wouldn't know that that was a possibility. But then I met somebody and they saw something in me. And that's very often what happens. And they said, well, I don't understand why you're struggling. You know, I don't, uh, you know, because she knew lots and lots of financial advisors. And she said, you know, I'm really comfy with you. I could tell you anything. You have a way about you that, you know, is just so comforting. And it's like, well, I don't understand why you're having so much trouble. So she's, you know, and a lot of it is imposter syndrome, which we all suffer from as well. It's like, I don't deserve this. I don't, you know, I'm not good enough for that. I can't, they can't possibly be talking about me. We all have that. So, so somebody believed in me at that point and that sort of was a little bit of a spark. So I think sometimes you just, I've had enough. Yeah. And you decide then that you're going to do something or somebody says, Somebody's seen something because that's what happened to you. Somebody saw something in you, in your capability, which you didn't see yourself. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, I didn't listen. I didn't want to register it even. I, I was, I would, you know, I, I think I said to you, I, you know, I was living in a world of no. Oh, Christina, you could do this. Oh, no, no, no. I, I couldn't possibly. You could see You could no, no, no. Thank you. And like all the stuff I used to say no to, I do all day every day now, which is is madness to me. But even at that point, I didn't want to listen. Those people yes. that saw things in me, I didn't want to listen to it. And it, you know, it did, it was, there was a, a financially related incident that happened where I just, I remember sitting on the edge of the bed and just going like, my life's not supposed to be like this. Life doesn't have to be this way. 
And actually, if I can shift a few things, if I can become the kind of person that owns a business, what's that version of myself look like? How do I get there? Um, and once I did, once I felt like I was that person, that's when I then started. I mean, I, rem- I remember going asking for funding. You know, I, I borrowed money from um, my dad to buy the business. I remember going to ask him and like that day, knowing that I was going to have that conversation, like the, you know, the palpitations, the, ner- the, the sickness I was feeling, like all of it, even though I'd got my business plan under my arm and the rest of it. They're like, do I really want to, do I really want to do this and expose myself and my vulnerabilities in this way with someone so close to me? It just absolutely crazy. And I guess that's, that's what your, you know, what the new book is doing really, isn't it? That someone like me in that situation going like, actually, who do I need to be? How do I tackle this? What is coming? That's what the book's about. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, so if you're going armed with a business plan, and you've got the book there, you're going, right, well, I've thought about this and I've thought about that and I've checked my turnover, you know, because so very often people are good at doing something in an environment and they think, oh, I can do this for myself, right? That's where it normally starts. Forgetting, of course, because you'll have a designer in your business, right? Hopefully they don't listen to the podcast, but it should be compulsory, but anyway, but they're going to believe that they can do it themselves. They're on the payroll at the moment, but they believe that they can do it themselves. Forgetting, of course, that all of the marketing that you're doing, which gets them the jobs in the first place, yeah. right? And that and that's so very often what happens. So it's really a, a sort of a reminder to say, look, you know, all of a sudden you're designing all day long. Right. And, you know, so you only have to work and do, you know, 60% of what you're doing at the moment and you can make a living. But then all of a sudden, when you have to do all of the other bits and pieces, you find there's only 20% of the time available for you to do the designing work that you were doing before. It's like, so it's those sorts of things that you need to know and understand and appreciate if you're going to go on that route. I think there's a lot of, um, I don't know, mindset stuff as well. You know, I've got, I've got a great team, but God, it's lonely. You know, there's tough decisions to make and, you know, especially, you know, I was coming to the end of year one when, you know, March, 2020 happens and everything since, and it's kind of, you know, people have been talking about recessions and that sort of stuff. I was like, right, how do I get ready? How do I, how do I, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, how do I become recession proof, let alone the business? And and I think it's things like that, figuring out how to counteract that, that is, is something that needs to be addressed, something that needs to be realized. Yes. And, and the best way for you to do that is to find a peer group. Okay. There will be a marketing organization peer group. Just go on LinkedIn, type it in. But for anything that you do, there will be a group of people, some of whom are behind where you are and some of whom are ahead of where you are. Okay. So find them because you need somebody that's like-minded 
or you need a coach or a mentor. That's the other alternative. Now, joining your peer group, you might have a 299 pound annual subscription, you know, to be a member of the Institute of blah, blah, blahs, right? Whatever it is that you're working on. But you've got people there that you can just ask questions. And as long as you share your comments with them, you know, so many people talk about competition and there isn't really any competition. Okay. Because Christina, you do your job and your business the way that you do your job and your business and nobody else does it the way that you do it. So the people that come to you are the people that are going to come to you. So there will be somebody else in the town that runs a similar sort of business, but they're not you and they're not the type of person that you are. So they will, you know, they won't attract the same people. And we all go, oh, I've got to keep my ideas to myself. But you know what? If you share an idea with me and I share an idea with you, what's happened is you've got two ideas and I've got two ideas. And and it's like, it's not going to affect our income in any way, shape or form. So that would be a thing that I would do. Failing that, you get a mentor or a coach. That's you know, the next thing. And that's where we met on a coaching, coaching program thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, it's really funny the way, um, like thinking about those groups that exist, you know, the, 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 the masterminds or the, you know, the institutes of, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, because I think a lot of people, especially in the early days, they look at them as a cost rather than an investment. Mm. You know, and it is, yes, in the early days, you need to make some money. You need to keep the doors open. And, and I, I get that. But actually, I think so many, I was having, having a conversation this morning with someone that really needs some help. And she could be working. So I'm a big believer in co-opetition. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have yes. competitors. I understand where our likes and differences are and where there's a gap where there's a difference I'll build relationship with those competitors because if I get a bit of business that comes in that I can't service it's too small for me or it's too big for me or it's not something that I do or you just don't gel with the person that's coming to you because that's that's another big thing but that's another big thing you have to have you know the balls if you like to say look we're not a good fit yeah. It's not, you know, um, because you're inviting your clients into your life, right? If you don't like them, there's a good chance that they don't like you either. So it's just, it's just going to cause pain. So for people like that, you get a feeling that you're not going to like them. Just put your prices up, just double them, you know? So this project that was going to cost 3000 pounds for them, it's 6,000. And they'll just go off and find somebody else that will do it more effectively priced. You know what? They don't though. They don't. Oh, no. They, Sometimes they, they, they go, oh yeah, I'll pay the six, <laughs> I'll pay the six grand. And you go, oh, but at least you've got double the money. Yeah. I mean, there, there are, <laughs> um, I guess my confidence comes from the fact that this is an established business. Okay. So this, like, this is year 12 of, of green umbrella being in existence. So that gives me the confidence to be able to say, I'm really sorry. I don't believe we're the agency for you. And these are the reasons why mm-hmm. you know, we've had experiences in the, you know, like just communication, speed of communication. We're, 
we're it's like we're in different time zones. Yes. Well, we're working to different clocks, and you, you're just thinking like this is this is just going to cause friction. Yes. And if you can see that in the early stages, it's like it's like don't get holds. involved. Yeah. Don't get involved. It's like you're literally holding a gun against your own mm. head, you yeah. know, and it and it's. But it's, you know, imagine you're two months into business. It's hard not to say yes. It it definitely is. It It is hard because it's like, well, are they causing a mist on a mirror? Yes, I'll take them on as a client. You know, they're breathing. I'll have them. It's And, and we do do that. But once you've done that, it's difficult to extricate them from your business. You know, and there is this phrase, once a messer, always a messer. You know, um, you could use a stronger word, which, but we won't. We'll, we'll stick with messer. But, you know, if somebody's causing you trouble, they're always going to cause you trouble. Yeah. So if you've got a gut feel, that's another thing that you need to rely on. If you get a gut feel that this isn't right, don't get involved. The empowerment it will give you the confidence it will give you to know that you're not going to be working with somebody that is not going to bring joy into your life right and the fact is that oh my goodness i i'm not taking them on and the reason the universe will sort that out because it said well you you know you didn't want that bad fit but let's go off and find somebody that's a good fit for you then as an alternative and you won't believe that Nobody believes that right in the early days, but you know, as you've got experience, you find out that that's that's the sort of stuff that happens. Absolutely, there's um, someone that I sort of I've become very good friends with. I sort of followed for a while, and, and a relationships developed from there. Um, and they always say, like, go, go go where you're celebrated, not not where you're tolerated. And I think that's a great line. And, and it's that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, people will come to you wanting to work with you because they know the fantastic. We're talking now because we met at an event and we just immediately got on and we were, I mean, we were talking for hours, weren't we? Absolutely. Trying I mean, to get it away was from hours. each other and kept. <laughs> it, it, it kept. Oh, you're, you're there. Oh, oh, right. Do you, do you want a drink? There was alcohol involved in the latter stages. Right. No, actually, from almost immediately that yeah, we met. It was immediate. It was, it was, it was immediate. immediate, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut. But you know what? That, going back to going to these Institute of Directory type meetings, and you see a couple of the seminars, but all of the really seriously good stuff, the relationships are done in the bar or over dinner or, you know, so yeah, it, it's just crazy. But that's, I mean, I've been in business for 30 years or maybe a little bit longer. So it's like, I, it's all these lessons that we learn and that everybody needs to know about, but you can't possibly know about them straight away, you, you know? And that's, that's why you should join in with your peer groups because there will be people out there that want to help you. Absolutely. I've been approached today on LinkedIn. Someone sent me a message today. And like, I've, I've just started a marketing agency and I can see it's like literally they're in the first month would you be open to having a chat and, you know, just exchanging some ideas, basically, i.e. I've just started a business. You seem to be established. I'd love to pick your brain. And I'm like, brilliant. Yes, absolutely. I'll do that. Because if I can throw a, a little bit of business their way to help them get started. 
yeah, they might end up being my biggest competitor. So what? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's never, ever going to happen because actually, you know, if you're really good at what you do, you don't have any competition. That's it. But it's also like we people buy from people. Yes. You know, I've got um, literally there's a competitor 20 minutes down the road. We both work within the, the same, we serve the same sector um, and we meet for lunch every few months. And we're constantly chatting on WhatsApp. How are things with you? Oh, I'm having a shit week. I'm having a great week, whatever it might be. Um, and we, we keep in touch. And that's how we both know, okay, what's the pulse out there right now yeah. with yeah. our sector? Um, you know, what, what's going on? What's working? What isn't working? Best practice. And it's like we keep each other honest. Yes. And, 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 you know, and that is such the simplest of things to do. You know, just... People are, they're not, they're not competition. And you touched on it. It's like, you know, people look on things as a cost. It's not, it's always an investment. You know, another phrase I love is like you're earning or you're learning. Okay. So if you're going into a pitch and you're not successful, you've learned how not to pitch the next time. You know, as long as you reflect on what it is. So you're earning or you're learning is, you know, one of these important things. And and you're learning from that guy, even though you're not earning from him by your communication. Absolutely. And and it is a we've pitched for the same business before now. And like we've and we've been like we've 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 exchanged notes on that pitching process. Cause as long as, you know, there's someone else pitching as well. Well, as long as one of the two of us wins, yes. we're happy, you know? And, yes. and I, th- I think it's when you've got those relationships and we're very different characters, very, mm. very different. And, um, you know, some people will love me and some people will not. It's Marmite. Absolutely. It's, it's just like that. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not very good with people that like a lot of detail. I'm a, uh, a concept, you know, big picture sort of stuff. My descriptions of what we're going to be doing is 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 all. I mean, if they if somebody comes and they're like an engineer or a teacher, I struggle. It's just like oh, you you want to know too much. I'm <laughs> not the right financial advisor not, for you. Yeah, yeah. And the, and, and the madness is that, you know, there are lots of different types of financial advisors and there's lots of different marketing businesses and there's lots of, and it's, you just need to be you and you'll attract your tribe. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love everything you're saying, Doug, but you know, it's, and I think some of the things we've, we've talked about are people could take it a little bit um, as being a little bit woo do you know what I mean? It's like, but the thing is, it isn't. If you're really focused on what you want out of business, then the more focused you are, the more likely you're going to get what it is you actually want. It's not nest. I mean, yes, you should visualize and all that kind of stuff. I think that definitely helps. But it's like this is this is just how you need to go about business. And and do you know what? You know how the woo works, okay? It's there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating cortex. And what it does is it saves you from going insane. 
right? What that's what it does because you have twenty thousand pieces of data stimuli coming through your brain on a regular basis. I don't know what the time frame is, but it so your brain will say you don't need to worry about that. Okay. Like, for example, I can see, and now I'm just focusing, there's a reflection of cars going past the window, right, in your camera. Okay, now I've, I've just picked that up because it's like it's there, but it's always been there. And earlier on, I, I didn't notice it. Okay, but so the brain is there to protect you. So it cuts out stuff. Now, if you've got a goal that you've written down, it go and you come across a piece of data that's always been there. It's always been there, but you come across this piece of data and it's like, that will help me go towards my goal. Right? So you have a conversation with somebody or you overhear a conversation and, and it's like you sidle your way in because it's like, it's going to help you get where you want to go. Or there's, you know, a magazine that you're walking past in the supermarket. It's always been there, but you know, all of a sudden somebody was talking about cameras and and now there's all these camera, you know, photographic magazines, but which have always been there, but they only now have an, a degree of importance because somebody else has mentioned the hobby. So writing your goals down means that this data comes to you and it's always come to you but now all of a sudden it it's it's got some importance and so then you act on it and then that opens up another door and it opens up another piece of data and it and so now all of a sudden it's the we go the law of attraction but it isn't no you've just told your brain that you want to find out about the bits of data that you've told it that you want to find out about and so it goes off and finds them, or the data's there, but it, you know, it it dives in and, you know, targets it and brings it to you. And that's what happened to me when I sold my business. So I got calls all the time: "Come and join us! Come and join us! Join join this organization! Join this organization!" And I had a goal. My original goal was a hundred thousand, and I'd increased it over the years, and I increased it to five hundred thousand. That was my target, and. This person, normally I would just disregard, let them talk away and, you know, and say, yeah, I'll, I'll keep, send me an email, I'll keep your details. And, and this person said, we're doing this at the moment. I went, Hold on a second. And I did the calculation and it's like, right, okay. That will help me get to that £500,000 goal. So... 2019, I'd signed up for them because it was like, it, it, you know, it triggered. 2019, they gave me 510,000 and 2020, they gave me another 500,000. So I hit my 500,000 pound target in two years. Now it's like, it wasn't income because I had told the universe that I wanted 500,000. But it, it turned out, am I bothered that it came as a lump sum <laughs> with the <a> firm <laughs> buying? Uh, no, I've dealt with that. I've overcome that, that, that issue, the fact that, you know. And now it's like, so, so it's not, it, it seems like it's woo-woo, but there is a science yeah. behind it, which is why you have to write your goals down because that's a direct link to that part of your brain that's going to 
find information. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm conscious of time. I'm keen to wrap, keen to sort of like get things wrapped up. But there is something I want to ask you. So um, you've mentioned a couple of times. Obviously, you you had the bankruptcy. Yeah. Okay, and all that kind of thing. And I think one of the thing with goals is that sometimes there's you know that fear comes in. Okay, that that sort of lack of self belief and the rest of it. How much does so having that experience of I built something, I've lost it, I've built it again. How has that helped you in terms of looking at your big goals going forward? Like, has it made you feel invincible? Uh, to, to be fair, I, I've got a mindset coach, right? And you're going to think, well, somebody that sold their business for seven feet, why would they need a mindset coach? And it's like, because it's, it's a big change. But I suffer. Still a bit less so now because uh, we've have been working on it. I suffer from imposter syndrome, right? I've written two books. I've got a podcast that's downloaded over 4,000 copies and has got over, you know, 60 episodes, right? I've sold a business thing. You know, I've got a dream house. I've got two Harley Davidsons. It's like, why would I be feeling like an imposter? And it's like, well, because you, you sort of think that you don't deserve all of those things. But, you know, there's a lot of hard work. This manifestation thing, right, okay, it has to come with hard work. <laughs> it doesn't just turn up because you're dreaming it and you're writing it down. We do have to work hard on it. So I still suffer from imposter syndrome, although my coach sort of couldn't get it either. But this is one of the things that she said. She said, look, just, just take the imposter and take them out of your body and put them next to you right okay and just now think without it what can you do just think what could you do without the imposter and it's like i'm i'm like good at visualization and i was watching a, a program i can't remember what it was called but it was about vampires and you know when vampires see the sunlight they turn to dust so all i did is I opened the curtain to let the sunlight in, believing that my imposter syndrome fella that was standing beside me was a vampire, and he turned to dust. And that's it. So I got rid of my imposter syndrome. So now I am invincible. Amazing. Okay. I am going to conquer the world. I haven't worked out what the next goal is because I'm still in transition and so many opportunities that I want to, you know, I want to do. You know. But we'll get there. Fantastic, fantastic. Doug, thank you so much for your time today. I I love talking to you. I really, really do. Um, people listening, so I know we we communicate a lot on LinkedIn, but like where should they be reaching out to you? Where like where obviously the podcast, give us all the names of the books and the podcast and everything else. Where can people catch up with your stuff? The, the best place is dougbennett.co.uk. Okay. That's my web, my personal website. And so there's links to the books there. There's links to the podcast. There's also a blog on there. So, you know, if you've got goals that you want to achieve, um, you know, there's stuff there, there's freebies on there. We're going to work on getting the first chapter of my book available so you can download that without going to buy it. So you can see, do I like this guy's style? You know, does it make sense? 
So you'll get the first chapter for free. And then from there, you can decide whether you, you know, you want to have a chat with me because we, we're doing more coaching now because I enjoy that. I want to see a difference in other people. I think that's now my purpose, having made some money. There's less pressure on me to earn so I can help more people. But dougbennett.co.uk is the place to find me. Brilliant, brilliant. Again, Doug, thank you so, so much. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. You're right there. It's been a delight. Mm-hmm.